Hey there, Rachel Wilson here, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to my bite-sized podcast to help guide, inform, and help you deal with your child's sleep from newborn to four years old. Sleep strategies, interviews, and informed information to give you the confidence to help your child form happy and healthy sleep habits and parenting skills for yourself. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well this week and welcome to another podcast, which is going to be a very, very sensitive, hot topic. It is how much crying is involved in sleep training. Now, if you are listening to this, you are maybe even thinking about sleep training. Maybe you are just wondering about it. You probably have a lot of questions about it. So hear me out in this podcast today and as always if you've got any questions there is um, a link in the show notes below you can email me and ask away all right um now let's get into it if you are ready to sleep train but you're a little bit scared or nervous about the crying that might be involved and you just you're wondering how much crying there really will be I'm going to talk you through this today in this podcast. And when I have discovery calls with clients, it is the number one question. There's two number one questions that always pop up. If the, if number one can go at the same time is how much crying will there be and how long is it going to take? <clears throat> now, I'm going to talk about obviously the crying and that there is always going to be some some sort of crying and it's during sleep training and it's only natural to have these questions and these concerns and these thoughts and feelings so hopefully today in this podcast I'm going to put your mind to ease and uh, you know answer those questions that you have so first of all you have to know that sleep training is going to involve changes okay as small as they may be or as huge as they may be your child may not like it, okay? They're very, very happy with the way they fall asleep currently. And they probably don't want you to change anything, but you are looking to change things because it's not working for you. You know it's not ultimately working for your child or your family. And when they're not liking it, they're gonna communicate that disapproval to you by crying of course because they don't have the words the little ones they don't have the words obviously the toddlers and older children do but there is going to be tears and and crying okay changes can be hard even as adults but if you are not happy with the way sleep happens in your home perhaps it's just not sustainable anymore and you know your child needs healthier better sleep then it is absolutely perfectly okay. And it's actually a positive thing to want to make changes and sleep train, as scary as that word sounds. Um, You know, there's lots of different words that you can use instead of sleep training. Sleep shaping is one of them. And you know that you need to make changes for the better health of your child, who's at the center of all of this, and ultimately your whole family as a whole. So, okay, let's let's explore this crying more, okay? Night one, okay, you've embarked on the sleep training program, you've decided what you're gonna do. Night one approaches, nerves and tensions are very high, obviously. Um, certainly I know that when I'm supporting parents through through it. It's always going to be the hardest because you're just not quite sure what to expect, what's gonna happen. <clears throat> 
And it's often dreaded the most by all of my families that I work with because you're just going to be changing even something really small that you may think, oh my gosh, but that's how my child goes to sleep or they're used to doing it this way and now that's not going to be there. Even if it's a tiny little thing, you know, switching around bath time and story time, something like that, the nerves are going to be there, okay? Now, on average, um, it, it has taken about 30 to 90 minutes for babies that I've worked with in the past five and a half years to fall asleep, okay? Some have been a lot quicker than that. And this time often gets less and less and will get less and less as you work through your sleep journey, okay? Now, whether you are in the room with your child holding their hand through the whole process or popping out, doing the pop-out method, there are going to be tears, okay? Remember, you are changing the way your child falls asleep. You're teaching them a new skill. Your child has made neural connections in their brain to learn how to fall asleep, whether that be rocking or feeding or cuddling. And you've maybe just started something like habit stacking or cold turkey, you've removed that sleep prop and changing the way they fall asleep. And so of course they're going to cry. It's their way of saying, uh-uh, I don't like this. Get me to sleep, please, the way you did yesterday. I don't know how to do it this way. I don't like it. I don't like change. Just come on, mommy, give me back the thing that gets me to sleep. You did it last night, so come on, let's do it today, okay? And that's what those tears are communicating to you. Now, <clears throat> that 30 to 19 minutes approximately, in my experience, has been a huge mixed bag of responses from the child. It really depends on the child's age and stage of development. Some have cried, some have shouted, some have been awake babbling in their cot and been absolutely peaceful and quiet. And parents have been like, I'm not sure whose child this is, but it's not mine. I did not expect that. Um, and some, you know, may have thrown in the odd intermittent cry or shout here and there, okay? Each family chooses to respond to their child in a different way to these cries. I will never ask, nor have I ever asked, a family to leave their baby at nap times or bedtimes and not return until the morning or the end of that nap, okay? To me, that is cruel and unfair to all involved, and of course, it's just going to end up in more tears and stress that's actually necessary from both parent and child and, and really put you in a, in a really difficult place that you just feel disheartened about the whole process, okay? And then you're just going to be put off by everything and probably quit before you've even started and nothing's changed and you're still in this vicious cycle of, of sleepless, sleepless days and sleepless nights, okay? The tears will be short-lived, okay? Think upon this. There's going to be many times in your child's life they cry. And of course, yes, you can sweep them up in your arms and fix that situation immediately, straight away. But does that really help them in the long term? Will that really help your child regulate their feelings? Learn to understand how to solve the situation themselves, Sleep training is about teaching your child and supporting your child to fall asleep independently so they can sleep independently 
And of course, when they do wake during a nap or at nighttime, which <clears throat> is to be expected because we all wake during the night, sleep training is going to teach them that you don't need to be there to get them back to sleep, that they can go back to sleep quite happily and easily on their own. Okay. Now, if you continue to help your child back to sleep just because you don't want them to cry, even a, a nanosecond, your child may not learn the skill of independent sleep for months or even years to come. Okay, so just think upon that for a second. <clears throat> now, many times when I'm working with families, parents have asked me the following questions. Will this crying be the new norm, Rachel? Will this crying have a negative impact on my child in the long term? Will my child become scared of sleeping? Will my child become scared of their bedroom? And I think on this, this is my answer to these questions. Your child comes from love. They come from a loving home. They live in a happy, loving environment. Your child is fed, clothed, played with, and you're taking an interest into their sleep habits so they can thrive. So no, the crying is not going to impact their bond with you. It's not going to have a lasting impact on their personality or their brain development. Studies show that actually continuing to be sleep deprived has more of a negative impact than the sleep training itself. Being a sleep deprived parent can impact your ability to make decisions during the day, impose unsafe driving conditions impact your personal relationships with your partner, your family, your friends, the people around you. Even, you know, standing in queue at the supermarket and you're tired and you're huffing and puffing and maybe you just storm out of there. That's going to affect the people around you. Sleep deprivation also impacts your child's health and your health because their immune system is not strengthened, okay? Um, there is an article about this that studies and research show this, and I'm going to put the link for this in the bottom of the show notes if you're interested in reading it, okay? <clears throat> now, think upon this. If you, if you think how much crying is actually happening now, okay? So maybe your child, you know, is awake in the night crying every hour, every couple of hours, and you're rocking them or feeding them to sleep, and it's just not working, and they're crying and fidgeting and agitated, Think about how much of that is happening now. And if you don't change anything, is that really going to change? It's not going to change tonight or tomorrow. It's, think of how much more this is going to be going on for. If you embark on a, on a sleep training program, those tears are going to be much short-lived than potentially if you don't make any changes. Okay, Like I said, those tears may come for weeks, possibly months. And at what cost is that going to be to your child and to you, okay? Um, of course, there are the no-cry methods out there and I talk to all my families through options of sleep training, but there's still going to be tears, you know, no-cry methods, there's still going to be some upset somewhere, even if your child, you know, squeaks or cries just for a minute or so. Often much less tears occur um, when you are doing an in-the-room approach, but there's still going to be tears. 
there's obviously going to be more tiers potentially if you're doing an out of the room method. Now, I'm, when I say out of the room method, again, this is opening up a whole other can of worms and for another podcast, but there's different methods and approaches you can take to sleep training. <clears throat> and, and sometimes, you know, after 24 hours of just changing a routine, your child is just going down to bed and falling asleep with, with, with no tears at all. It has happened. Um, it has happened. Your baby, remember, is communicating with you to be picked up, fed, rocked to sleep, bounced up and down in that yoga ball, taken in the car at 2 a.m. in the morning because, yep, I have had that. I have seen that and I've helped parents through that because that's what your child knows how to get to sleep with, okay? And they're, they're trying to communicate that to you. So identify why your child is crying. We know they're saying, give me that feed, that rock to sleep, okay? And work through that. Be confident that your child is healthy, fed, has a clean nappy on. Um, ensure your child is not too warm, not too cold, your child is going to need time and space to learn new skills of falling asleep. Tears are expected and normal. There are the children who are just needing a bit more space when they go to sleep. You know, when I talk to families about what's going on in their sleep world and how their child is going to sleep and the specific questions I ask to understand how that sleep is achieved and there are signs and things that I hear parents say that makes my ears prick up and go, hang on a minute, that's a sign your baby is saying, get off me, I need some space, please, mommy, put me down in my bed and let me try this. And parents are very scared to do that because of the crying. And so I will hold that family through that moment and they go, well, hang on a minute, Rachel, how did that happen? They just went to sleep. And I was like, because your child's just wanting a little bit more space and that's normal. And of course, yeah, there's children who do need a parent to be there with them and holding their hand. <clears throat> now, the key thing to remember, though, is you need to have a sleep plan in place, okay? So research your sleep training options, your sl think, write down your sleep goals, think about when the best time is to start this because you don't want to interrupt it with a holiday or a weekend away. Having a sleep plan in place will help you keep on track and know what to change, how much of it to change, when and how. So have that sleep plan in place, not just in your head, but write it down on paper. When I'm working with families, I will email a sleep plan to them and I tell them to print it out, stick it up on the fridge, have it on the coffee table, wherever it is accessible and easy to see. Because seeing it in front of you will help you stick to your goals and go, yeah, this is what I want. I need to do this. This is where we're going with it. I've designed my sleep training programs with, with you, the parent and child in mind. Because after working with multiple families over the last five and a half years, I know what, what parents want. I know what the child needs. I know how to incorporate that into a sleep plan. I've had the experience and multiple trainings behind me as well to help families through these moments. And the proof is in the pudding. I have those family reviews to show for it. Now, <clears throat> let's move on to the toddlers. The toddlers are a whole new ball game. And those toddler tears can be, can be tricky, okay? When it comes to sleep training, they can and they do throw a few curveballs into the mix. And often I need to dig deeper 
into daytime behavior and boundaries before we even get to working on a sleep plan to put in place. Because it's just, you know, like any age of child, more so with the toddlers, it's not just about the sleep. It's about encompassing the whole 24 hours of your child's life. <clears throat> when we look at what your toddler is doing in the daytime and what is happening with their behavior, then that will give us a lot of clues as to why they're behaving at nighttime in the way that they do and how we need to approach it, okay? Again, I'm day for another podcast in this season, in this season um, sleep training the toddlers. Conclusion, what is the conclusion from all of this? There's going to be tears, okay? The conclusion is yes, there's going to be tears during the sleep training process. Anybody who says there will not be any tears is giving you slight misinformation, okay? They, these tears will be very short-lived and in generally, in my professional experience, those tears have really only lasted maybe up to three to five days max and at the onset of sleep only. If crying does push you longer, then the approach that is taken needs to be looked at What's happening in the daytime needs to be looked at. Maybe something needs to be changed there. And perhaps consideration into changing approaches needs to be made. When I'm <clears throat> putting together a sleep plan and we're talking about approach methods, I always say to parents, let's try it for at least three to five days because it can take that long to see any changes. But if it's really not working, we'll know about it. If you're not feeling comfortable about it, we can change it. Okay? It doesn't, you know, just because we're putting a sleep plan in paper doesn't mean it's set in stone, okay? And if your child is crying for, you know, you know, four, five, six plus days, something's not working and something needs to change. It happens. That's normal, okay? Some children are just overstimulated by a parent in the room, touching them and holding them all the time, being next to them, while others are just wanting mummy to be in the room, perhaps not right next to them, but maybe just on the other side of the room. There's, there's different approaches to take to this, okay? In my personal view, we can't stop our children from crying entirely. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's possible. This, to me, is a strange concept, and not giving the child a chance to, to let go of their emotions, show their emotions, communicate with us and express their, their feelings with us fully, and, and of course, they don't get to learn how to manage those feelings. You know, us adults, we cry. So we've got to let children cry and, and let them explore those feelings and support them through it, you know. Sleep training is about supporting and teaching, okay? And we must, of course, acknowledge those tears when it comes to sleep training and respond in a respectful way and support your child and support those tears in a loving way that you feel, of course, comfortable and confident to act on. Um, have, you, have you listened to my podcast from last season? I have previous families that I've worked with. They very kindly sent voice notes to me on their why they chose to work with a sleep consultant and how they actually found the sleep training journey themselves with the tears. And, yeah, you might find some... some I don't know, you might res resonate with, with some of them there. So I'm going to put that link to that podcast in the show notes below. 
Um, I do highly recommend you listen to it. And if you are ready to sleep train and you would like some help and guidance, you have no idea where to start or how to do it, please feel free to drop me an email. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes below. If you've got any questions about sleep training, just fire away and ask. And of course, if you would like to rate and review my podcast, please feel free to do so. It really helps my podcast get out there for more parents to hear and see. And I will be hugely, gratefully, eternally thankful to you. Until next week, happy, peaceful sleeping, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned. And don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time.